This is Indie Business Podcast, Episode 72. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Indie Business Podcast. I am your host, mentor, and coach, Donna Maria, the founder and CEO at Indie Business Network and the hostess of the Indie Cruise Retreat and the lead entrepreneur mentor at Maker Mastermind Business Incubator. My goal is to help you build a solid business foundation, increase your income, and use your business to create the life you love. In this episode, I will introduce you to Alana Rivera of Etta and Billy in San Francisco, California. As you'll hear, this is not Alana's first appearance on Indie Business Podcast, and I want to encourage you to listen to the first episode we did with her over five years ago, because it will provide a super fun overview of how things have evolved in her life and her business over the past several years. You can get a summary for this episode at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash 72. I can't wait to introduce you to Alana Rivera of Etta and Billy in San Francisco, California. But first, this episode is brought to you by Maker Mastermind Business Incubator, your opportunity to work with me personally in a small group setting to grow your business. Whether you are in the emerge phase of your business, just getting things started, or you're ready to move your business into multiple income streams in the evolve or expand phase, your individual Maker Mastermind Business Incubator can help you achieve more and stay on track. Doors are open now. Learn more and apply today at makermastermind.com. And now let's welcome Alana Rivera of Etta and Billy in San Francisco, California. Alana Rivera from Etta and Billy in San Francisco. How are you today? I am good. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm better now that I get a chance to talk to you. As I was <laughs> as I was preparing for our time together, I was looking back, Alana, at your first appearance on the Indie Business Podcast from September five years ago. I that is like unbelievable. <laughs> September 2015. Amazing. So over five years ago, actually. Yeah. So this is going to be like, a, I want to encourage all of our listeners to make sure you listen to the first podcast. I'll drop a link in the show notes at the blog, indiebusinessnetwork.com forward slash blog. Um, so you can kind of get an idea of, of, you know, all the beginning story and everything, because we're going to bring you forward. We're not going to repeat all that stuff. We have a lot of great stuff to discuss, right? Because five years <laughs> yes. is a long time. It is. <laughs> it really yes. is. So Alana, tell us where, where are you uh, joining our podcast from today? Sure. So I am uh, joining you uh, in my car <laughs> outside of uh, the building where Etta and Billy's studios are. That's where I am. Awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And let me just, you know, so joining from your car as an entrepreneur, like how typical is that? <laughs> it's very typical. <laughs> it, it is. I remember we had you as a guest on a masterclass earlier this year. And sure enough, there you were in your car. <laughs> it's basically like my my second office um, because my office, my actual studio space is all open. Like no one has their own office with a door. So this is my office with a door. <laughs> so if we ever need to do anything where it needs to be quiet or I need mm-hmm. to get really serious about some business topics, I'm in my car. 
Got my water. It is. <laughs> it's so great. It's like your mobile office. I yes. love it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really enjoy being in my car and doing business in my car. It's very efficient. Yeah. So we're not going to review the whole story because, again, I want you guys to go back to the first podcast and listen to that. But give us like the very high-level overview of how you started your business, and then we're going to dive into some of the things that are happening today. Sure. So um, the high level is I had a job that I absolutely hated. My mom happened to get me a book on soap making as a way to sort of distract me from how much I hated my job. I made soap and I absolutely fell in love with the process of making and creating and playing and discovery. And it sort of like, it really lit me up. And I essentially, um, I actually didn't think I was going to start a business. I thought I'd go work for somebody else making soap. Um, and then I just kind of happened to start, start my business cause I couldn't get a job making soap. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, okay, well I guess I'll do it myself then. So, you know, it's so funny how many people start businesses cause they couldn't get a job. They like, I was in the same situation. I, I couldn't mm-hmm. find a job that would accommodate my life. And I was like, it can't be this hard to be grown up. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'll make it myself, but thank goodness for moms who know us better than we think they do. Right. So true. I know really was like, she really did. It was amazing. It was amazing. Yes. So Alana, you are in San Francisco, which is a really unique um, place to be. Um, the entrepreneurial engines there and the spirit of entrepreneurship in San Francisco, at least from what I read, and of course I've visited but I've never lived there, are very, very apparently high. Can you tell us a little bit about like the spirit of living in San Francisco and how do you feel like, if at all, it impacts the energy that you have in your business? Sure. So I think there is a deeply entrepreneurial spirit in San Francisco, and you could really honestly track that back to the beginnings of San Francisco as a gold rush town where people flocked here, you know, to try and make their fortunes. And then businesses naturally sprung up as people realized they had to serve this new community. And I think that 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 spirit has really lived on here. You know, it's obviously changed very significantly from those early days to uh, being very tech focused now. And um, so I, I don't, I don't know if that energy is just alive. And so it naturally sort of rubs off on folks. And I think people do flock here uh, because of, of the entrepreneurial spirit. And obviously because there's a lot of money here. (laughs) There's a lot of venture capitalists um, along the peninsula here. So there's, Mm -hmm, there's mm -hmm. definitely ways to get money. I don't know if it has had a direct effect on me because I was, I was never in, you know, that tech world and I was never really paying attention to that. And I never really thought of myself as an entrepreneur. So, Mm -hmm. but you know, maybe subconsciously it did. I don't know. Well, you know, you, you seem to have managed, because like I said, I have visited. I have spent some time with you. Lucky me, you guys. If you <laughs> ever get a chance to go out to San Francisco during a time when Alana might be having an open house, which she has from time to time, um, see if you can schedule a trip around that. Cause she's <laughs> so much fun. And it smells so good. You can just like walk oh. into her studio space, sit in the corner and just vibe because it just, just breathe and everything will be okay. Um, <laughs> 
Um, so when I when I visited you, I see that you have you are a part of I don't like the word subculture, and I'm not gonna mm. I don't know why that came to me. Maybe it maybe it's not a bad word, but there is this there's all that techie stuff going on out there, but then there's also this local community of non-tech entrepreneurs that you really seem to have tapped into, like jewelry makers and coffee roasters and you know, all the things. So tell us a little bit about that vibe. Sure. That, you know, that's a great question. And that vibe I think is very strong here. Um, We're very lucky that people are very supportive and interested in purchasing and supporting local businesses and makers. And I think the other thing that makes San Francisco fairly special in regards to, you know, not more of those maker style of businesses is we have a nonprofit that is here in the city that specifically its only job is to help keep manufacturing in San Francisco. That's their, their whole vision. And so they do, they provide all sorts of resources for small businesses. They provide networking opportunities. Um, they provide con- direct connections to city officials um, and they work really hard and tirelessly to help keep the, you know, the manufacturing and maker spirit really alive here in the city, especially with the state of the city being extremely expensive and the state of the Bay Area being extremely expensive. They're, they really work hard to try and keep that community thriving and going. So I think, um, you know, that, that part is really amazing. And I know I would not be where I am now without their help and support. And what's the name of that organization? It's, it's called SF Made. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That's what I thought, but I, I didn't yeah. want to assume. So we'll make sure we drop a link to that for people who are out yeah. there in San Francisco. You really need to know about that place. So when we interviewed you five, over five years ago, <laughs> you had just found a manufacturing location and you had just moved in super recently. So I don't know, are you in the same place and kind of bring us forward from that in terms of like finding it, moving in and what has that transition now that you can look back over more than five years, what has that transition been like for people who are currently thinking about moving from their home manufacturing to an actual facility outside of their home. Yeah, I think um I it's it's been amazing. It was a definitely a necessary thing uh for me and it really created better boundaries around both my home life and my business life, not that they don't get intermingled <laughs> often still, but Were you trying to make soap 24/7 and maybe I mean, a a spouse might have had an issue with that. It's po- it's possible. <laughs> slash, you know, if if I had business to do and I was at home, I was like, well, I'm here and that's here, so I should be working on that. I, you know, rather than necessarily taking the time to perhaps, you know, have some a nice right. night with my husband. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I think there's that, and I also think um, for me, psychologically, outside of the boundaries, that also kind of made me feel more legitimate. Not that I wasn't legitimate before and not that anyone who's working out of their home isn't legitimate, but there's sort Mm -hmm. of this, um, kind of, there was a mental mind shift for me. Um, Mm -hmm. 
And I also think the financial, to be honest, the financial pressure of now having to pay a significantly higher rate for rent was good for me personally. Um, it really made me hustle. It's so interesting that you say that. I was having a conversation with one of my entrepreneurial girlfriends not too long ago. And one thing we noticed was um, that sometimes just that added financial pressure, which we often see as negative, can turn out to be a positive because yeah. it's not, if you, I guess if you look at it, not as pressure, but as I guess, encouragement somehow, or if you look at it as something that can really just spur you onto your best ability to achieve, then it becomes a totally different mindset after that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yes, definitely. And I think, you know, everybody's threshold for that mm-hmm. is different. It's different. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you can make probably, you can always start small. baby step yourself up. But I think that, and it was nice. And then it, you know, it it became a lot easier also to invite people into the space, you know, Mm -hmm. um, customers and other folks. I, I never would have invited, you know, customers into my home. Just, it, it just wouldn't feel comfortable. And so it also allowed for that. And people had a greater connection and so excited to see where the products were made. Um, and get a little peek inside. So I think, you know, it was, it was a really necessary decision just from a space constraint and growth constraint, but also a, a sort of like a psychological mm-hmm. kind of lifting and expanding, mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. really nice. And now we have two spaces in the same building. Um, <laughs> so I'm in the That's same. That's a big difference from what we yeah. talked about before. So you've gone yes. from one space to two. Are they right next to each other? Oh, I wish. <laughs> no, unfortunately, um, the one, it, this is a multi-floor building and we're, uh-huh. we have a basement level, uh, space and then we have a first floor level space. So we do have a bit of schlepping, which I would never really recommend, but that's just the space <laughs> oh, that girl, more steps on your pedometer. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, I, but it was, you know, the space that became available and depending on where you're located, you might not have a choice. Like space is extremely limited here in the Bay area at a affordable price and, and so, pricey too right not just limited oh, but pricey price very pricey yeah so you kinda oh have my to, goodness yeah you kind of have to go with you kind of have to go with what you can and then you know hope that as time goes on something that makes maybe better sense for your business will come up so but it's it's great though so you have a, a basement location which i, I mm-hmm. assume is like more storage and more stuff like that. And then upstairs is where you have your, when you have your open houses and stuff. I'm, I'm a, I, that's, is that the space I was in where there's a window? You, I remember. You were in the space that is our base. It's kind of basement. It's funny because the building is on a hill. What is mm-hmm. basement level on one side of the street is actually street level on the other oh, street. Okay. <laughs> okay. We call it basement level in the building because most people never go down there. And so they just think of it as the basement, <laughs> um, but there are windows. So that's, yeah, space I remember is, there are windows. So yeah. I haven't seen the space that you have yeah. your pop-ups in now. Correct. Correct. So oh. the, the, all the manufacturing stays in the basement space and all the raw goods storage 
um, you know, bottles, et cetera. And then upstairs, all the finished goods, it's where we ship. It's where the main offices are located. Um, and that's exactly the space that we invite people now to come into, um, when we do our open studios. So I just found my excuse to come back. I haven't seen yet. There we go. I was hoping something like that would pop up. Oh, I got to get back because I haven't seen the other space. (laughs) So that's so super great. So um, I love that you have that. You know, it's funny that you talk about um, quote unquote, and I know what you mean by, you know, you were legitimate before you left your home manufacturing, but there's a mindset shift that happens in terms of growth when you move. I have tried to move out of my home office so many times and I have (laughs) failed every single time. And I'm still trying to figure out what it is. Maybe I'm just lazy and comfortable where I am. I don't know, but I have kids who have so many needs and so many things that require me to drop this and drop that. And it's just easier to go get the football helmet and take it to school when I'm right next to the football helmet Mm -hmm. than it Mm -hmm. is to have to leave the space and come back. So I don't know. That's just me. Um, A lot of moms and and I'm tempted to be like, I bring your football helmet instead of taking it yourself. (laughs) You know, you have football anyway, you know, that's, that's a hard situation. But anyway, I've tried and you know what? I'm going to try again in 2020. (laughs) I don't know. I'm a glutton for the punishment of it or something, but I somehow feel that I really want to do that. And I kind of, I don't know. I keep choosing the wrong time. But um, so since we last talked with you, another massively huge thing has happened that like is so amazing. And we want you to tell us about it. Okay, so I had a baby. <laughs> he's, ah! Yeah, whoa. Uh, he is now almost a year and a half old. He'll be a year and a half next week. Um, it's kind of, I, I actually can't believe that he's already a year and a half. <laughs> I can't believe I've survived <laughs> that yeah. long. With- Congratulations, <laughs> by the way, on surviving to that point. Um, yeah, because, you know, I knew um, you and I, you know, have briefly talked about this. I knew that it would be hard, uh, but mm-hmm. I didn't realize how hard it would be. And there are so many, you know, pluses and minus outside of obviously all this love and, and just the incredible connection and, and watching this little human become their own person and grow and learn. But, you know, I will say the challenges are, are that it's a benefit and a challenge. I can't work until the wee hours of the morning. I mean, I could, but he wakes up very early. I need my sleep to be a coherent and able-bodied adult. And so it's really challenged me to maximize the time that I have (laughs) when I'm at work. Um, And also put really clear boundaries around work and I've had to delegate more and I've had to accept slower growth because I didn't have the time or mental energy or money to do that because my priorities have shifted a little bit. Um, so it's been, it's been a really interesting learning experience and I, I actually can't believe how much I've learned about myself it kind of reminds me of entrepreneurship in a way (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is, you know, he needs different things at different times. And, 
you know, I've had to really change my mindset and also think about the things that I'm really great at and the things that I'm maybe not so great at (laughs) and like, how, how am I going to still make this work for us and our family? Um, Mm -hmm. you know, knowing all these different, you know, challenges I'm Mm -hmm. potentially facing personally and all the things that are great. And then also adding the business, to be honest, it sort of feels like I have two babies. You do. Sort of. Yeah. You do. You do. And obviously don't forget about you know, yourself, you're not a baby, but you yes. have to take care of yourself. But one thing that you yes. said that really struck me was, um, he has different needs. And one thing that, you know, when you talk about being a business owner, one of the best things to do in a business, and we'll, I'll ask you about this in a minute, as you know, is to structure things. So like on Mondays and Tuesdays, we do this and Thursdays we do this and you have all this structure girl. When a baby comes into that, it's like, they have no structure and you try to get them on a sleep schedule, which, which if you can manage that is like Herculean. But one of the things that I found so amazing, and I want to know what you think about this is that once I could really wrap my arms around the stage they were in, and then I felt like I had a new structure for the six month old stage, like they were turned seven months old and the whole thing would fall apart <laughs> because they changed so fast. Yeah. So I yes. I had so much trouble getting my my equilibrium like I never felt like I was in sync with anything. How do you feel about that? And well, do you have help because when I got help it helped a lot. But yeah. Still still it's still you're yeah. still the mom, you know? Yes. Yeah, I will say um yeah, I don't know. I think that in it's this is true I feel like of so many areas of life is you get comfortable with what is happening, kind of like you're saying, like you found this space and you're like, yeah, we're, this is working. We've got all this stuff going on. Yay. And then everything changes and you have to completely sort of readjust Mm -hmm. and it feels sort of like a never ending cycle of that. (laughs) And I think that's, I don't know, you can tell me you have older kids. This could be true for the rest of of his life. (laughs) Um, It will be. Yeah. It will be. So what's, what is amazing about that is there are many situations in business that can shift and you have to shift with them or make choices as things change. And I think one of the real sort of life lessons that I'm still trying to embrace and accept is that everything changes and that I'm just going to have to change and adjust with them as they go, because there really is no other choice. Um, and do so you find and, that, do you find that being a mom and having to adjust to those real life changes in another human being's life, um, who you are completely responsible for, like they can't do anything for themselves. Do you think that that's helped you be a, a more well-rounded or productive entrepreneur? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would say, I would say yes. Or maybe um, the other way around. Maybe the I, fact I, that you are an <laughs> entrepreneur and had to roll with those punches for so long in your business before you had a child, maybe that's made you a better and more, I don't want to say better, but maybe a more productive and 
easier to embrace the changes with it as a mom. Hmm, that I mean, would be interesting. Yeah. Right. I think I want to say it's probably a little bit of both, which I guess anyone could say that, but I think that mm-hmm. some things are easier for me to roll with and some things aren't. And I think that it has, it definitely has sort of pushed me to, I guess, be a better entrepreneur, quote unquote, because mm-hmm. I've had to really think about like, what are the things that I can do and only I can do? And what are the things that really need to get done um, versus things that I can delegate because I don't have time, bandwidth, energy, mental space to deal with anything else. Like, uh, you right. know, any extra mental space and time is now for basically my son and hopefully for myself, hopefully for my husband. (laughs) I know it varies, doesn't it? Like no, no two weeks are the same. No, they aren't. And I think, you know, um, kind of going back a little bit to what you said, getting help was the best decision I've ever made for both my business and for me as a mother. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I really, I really feel like I've been able to thrive in both those areas because of making the decision to invest in finding someone to help me both with caring for my son and in helping with managing all the things that need to be done in my business. So um, how many, how many people do you have that help you in your business? Do you how many? Sure. We have, uh, so I have two full-time people um, and two part-time people and then one seasonal person. Oh, and then me. nice to have a seasonal rotating. Yeah. And then, oh, so helpful. So, so you helpful. have help with your child. So altogether you have like six helpers. Yes. <laughs> okay. And you probably have more than that. I don't know. Um, yes. Right. Because I have yeah. someone who does the books and I have someone yeah. <laughs> who helps That's with right. the website. Right. And I have, you know, you have all these, there's all the ancillary sort of people that, you know, maybe aren't on your team, quote unquote, every day, but they're there. They are making sure things are happening. Yeah. You know, and it's funny that you say that because I I don't think enough newer entrepreneurs really appreciate that. Like they'll say, well, I don't have any help. And if you have anybody that's helping you with graphics or anybody that's helping you with websites, social media, I mean, it can be the smallest thing. Just the idea, I think for me, when I was newer in business, the first person I hired that helped me in my business was a nanny for my daughter. Like, um, and then there's the nightmare story when she left and moved to Jamaica one day, she just (gasps) left, like she just was gone. And I was, Mm. and my husband was in Africa on a business trip. And I remember standing in the kitchen with my infant daughter, just crying my eyes out. Um, talk about change. Like that's just, yeah. what about. that's what happens. But, um, but that helped me immediately. I almost felt like a little CEO then I was like, yeah, you know, and the baby was right next, next door, like in the room mm-hmm. next to me, which was super cool because if anything ever happened, I felt like I was, you know, I was there. Yeah. Um, but just having one person do one thing that was helpful really, I think, changed the whole time. It sort of helped me see, I can do this. Like, even though it was just one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not possible to do it all. No, <laughs> on your not. own. 
It's not. Yeah, and it, you know, we have yeah. to constantly fight against that message so often. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, the other thing too is, I think you know, when you when you you have to be careful not to overhire. Yeah. Because you can you can you can get in a situation where you can't keep up. I mean. Yeah. You know, I've been guilty a time or two in 20 years of doing that and having to, um, and then you have to be careful how you hire too, because right. you could hire the wrong person and everything could go, you know, we're in a handbasket, right? Oh, tell me about it. Same, same. <laughs> Has that happened? <laughs> yes. Eventually it yes. will happen. Yes, it has happened. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Both things over hiring and hiring the wrong person, it, yeah. you know, yeah. and it really does. If you don't catch it, it could really send your, yeah. It's a, it yeah. can be a really challenging fix. <laughs> so Alana, so if we have any uh, women out there or men as well who are um, running their businesses, they don't have any children, but they're thinking about it. Alana, mm-hmm. you're, a, mm-hmm. you're a fairly new mom, only a year mm-hmm. and a half in. What would you say to them that they really need to consider and think about if they're deciding whether they want to add parenthood into their lifestyle? Yeah, I think that, um, I think as far as in conjunction with the business, I think being, um, kind of going back to being really clear about what are the tasks that you are good at slash what are the things that you and only you can handle and what are the things that someone else could do and someone else could handle and figuring out how to make space to have someone help you with those things, those other things that, that not only you need to do, because you're going to have a really massive, huge new job on your plate of Mm -hmm. (laughs) caring for a child. And I knew that it would be challenging. And I tried to do as much preparation, both for my team Um, and for myself as possible and, you know, making sure everyone knew what their jobs were starting all that delegation process and training really early. Mm -hmm. Um, and then making sure there was someone there for those people to reach out to while I took a little maternity time and, or paternity time, I guess, for, for the dads out there. And I think Mm -hmm. that, um, those are, those are really the things in regards to business, you know, adding parenthood onto your plate is a, is a, it's another job. It's 100% another job. Um, not to scare anybody, but (laughs) I think, I think it's true that it can be romanticized a little bit for first time parents. And, and I'll just share when I became a mom, the wheels came off. And, And let me just tell you, I had the easiest, most pleasant pregnancy. People opened doors for me. The girl, when they see you coming with a car seat, and you're, they run in the other direction, <laughs> especially if somebody's crying. It's like, you know what? Let me just, but I just remember having the most, the easiest pregnancy. I was as big as a house, but I was so healthy, still running around doing everything. And I felt great. I never got sick. The minute that child came, like I said, it just, I just, I just, I called a couple of my old girlfriends, Alana, and I remember accusing them of like being dishonest about how hard this was. I was like, you guys always made it look so easy. You never, and then you know what they said? They were like, Oh yeah, girl, it's really hard. I'm like, really? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you didn't say that all this time. (laughs) Yeah. 
Well, yeah. And you know, it's, you know, you never know how it's going to be just like entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. You never know how it's going to be until you're in it. And you don't know what exactly is going to send you off. And I felt the same way. I was like, this is uh, way harder than (laughs) I thought it was. What? What? I know. I know. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's a, um, a little bit of, uh, for me, I should say, I also had a little bit, I, you know, I had a little grief over my lost life, you know, mm-hmm. my, the mm-hmm. ease of being able to do things before and the time that I had and, you know, the different sort of energy I could focus on my business. And it was very challenging to realize that I had to change my priorities a little bit. And I had to also accept that perhaps we would not have the same amount of growth for a while as we oh had seen gosh. in the past. Because how hard was it to accept that? I mean, that is something hard, (laughs) especially in a world where I think we see a whole lot of spotlights being focused on people who are, you know, rapid growth and Mm -hmm. Inc. 500. And now they have, you know, 25 employees and they're grossing 5 million a year. Like, it's glorified in a great way because it's definitely inspiring and we love businesses like that. But I think it sometimes has a tendency to make others feel small. Yes. Um, or I, and let me say it this way. We allow it to make us feel that way. I don't think that's yes. the intention there. So how do you, how do you embrace that lifestyle even though right now, because obviously you're young, you can do whatever you want in the future, <laughs> but right now you're, you're, you're making a choice. Yeah. Um, I think that's a great question. I think one, reminding yourself that you are making this choice and that whatever is happening right now isn't going to happen forever mm-hmm. and that you are the controller of your destiny and that mm. there is something pretty amazing and powerful about keeping your business running and going and moving forward while also simultaneously mm-hmm. raising a human, making sure they're okay mm-hmm. and taking care of and knowing that that is okay. And that maintaining and keeping a, a smaller level of growth does not mean that you're failing, that mm-hmm. there's problems. It just means that your priorities have shifted. Just like I don't know, anytime shifting from not, you know, if you had a regular job to being an entrepreneur mm-hmm. or during the, balancing those two, your energy and stuff shifted. I know that the last couple of years of my day job, I was not the best employee. My yeah. energy and time was completely focused somewhere else. And I did not give that job everything I could have given it. Yeah. You know, and it's just, too. yeah, it's, it's kind of part of the process and it's okay. And I I'm with you. I think we do glorify. And I think we also, you know, obviously media loves to point a spotlight on, on, you know, big stories like that. And also in regards to motherhood, I would say, you know, the idea of mothers being able to do it all and have it all. It's just like anything that is, that is impossible one, Mm -hmm. I think. But I think that also, it is, it's glorifying this, this thing. And so I know for me, I started to feel like, well, shoot, how are all these moms also doing all this stuff and growing their businesses and doing all the blah, 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 blah. And I can't do that. 
you know, I even fell into that trap and I had to remind myself, I don't know what kind of help they have. I don't know what kind of, you know, monitor. I don't know what their situation is. So I can't mm-hmm. compare my situation to their situation. Yes, um, compare despair. Exactly. You got to stay mm-hmm. in your lane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your lane. Yeah. Not again, I'm going to bring up one of my favorite sayings is not, not my monkey, not my circus. That. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh-uh. My lane, my circus. That's what I'm focused That's on. such a good reminder. Everything you said, and I hope that people who are listening who might be, you know, really challenged because it's a big decision whether to grow yeah. or not. It's a huge decision. And uh, one of the wonderful reminders that you just shared was like you are in the driver's seat, meaning maybe you decide this year to grow or not grow. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you can't downsize next year or, mm-hmm. or grow the next year. Like you're never stuck. Yeah. You're never stuck. And I think once you realize that in your business and really in your life that you're never stuck, there's so much freedom that comes along with that because you know that you can plan for anything. Yeah. And when you've, when you've grown a business and you've gotten it, I mean, you've been in business for how many years now? Almost 10 or not almost so, 10. It's been 10. 10. <laughs> well, happy, happy decade adversity. Why, um, thank you. Adversary, <laughs> yes. So mm-hmm. like when you've, when you've been in business for that long, it's like, well, you've kept it afloat for this long and it's growing and it's growing according to your definition yeah. of what growth should be. And that just, that just gives me the warm fuzzies because that, that really is the key, I think, to being able to have quote unquote success overall is that you define what that means for you mm-hmm. every year, every month, every day, every week, however you want to do it. And you put that into place and you make that happen and you can always change your mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, how can you not be ready for that? Because yeah. then you can experience so much of life. Like you can, you can be teeny tiny, itsy bitsy. You can have 10 kids. You can have one kid. You can not have any. You can just do yes. whatever you want based on, you know, what you feel you want your life to be like. Yes. Yes. And I think you've that's done that. Me- <laughs> well, you're doing that. You're doing yeah. that. I mean, and it's so it's so wonderful to see. I mean, you're holding down a whole lot out there in San Francisco with, <laughs> you know, two full time, one part time, one seasonal. Then I know you have your vendor assistants, probably some of whom are virtual to you. Yeah, um, not necessarily where you are. Then you have someone helping you with your child. You have a spouse. I mean, it is. It is. Really, I think we should all like recognize it. Do you know how amazing it is that you are keeping all that together? I Do you know, probably, like I'm here to yeah, tell you. <laughs> yes, well, thank you. I think this is your reminder. To, well, I appreciate that. I might just play that clip over and over for myself. <laughs> you know, it, well, it's, it's true. To, yeah, well, thank you. You know, that is a really good reminder. I think when I've actually taken moments to sit and think about that. I can accept that and I feel that and I appreciate that. And I think it's hard, you know, it's like any, I feel like any point in your business is you get sucked in and life. You can get sucked into all the other things, what's not happening, what you're not doing, what's not happening. And then you forget to look, look and be thankful for and appreciate what has happened, what you have accomplished, where you are at. Um, So thank you. It's a good reminder. And definitely celebrate that. So, um, you know, that's a really good note to end on um, because, you know, we we should celebrate ourselves more. We all have these internal tapes that play 
inside of us and we kind of have to reverse them sometimes because when we tell ourselves we haven't done enough or whatever, it's just not the way it should be. It's like, but look at how it is, which is not too shabby, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, wow. Well, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. And um, I hope you'll come back in another five years. Um, and Or maybe not that long. <laughs> Let us know <laughs> what's going on with Etta and Billy. Tell us how we follow you. Where do you like to be followed the most? So I, and a little bit about your products. Great. So um, I love to be followed on Instagram, which is just Etta and all spelled out Billy. And same Facebook, same, same, Etta and Billy mm-hmm. on Facebook. And we create artisan skincare for foodies using all natural ingredients. Okay, foodies. Okay, so before we go, because yes, foodies, um, yes, foodies. Your okay. Tell us your favorite food. Oh gosh, you have to pick one. I know you're in San Francisco and it's hard, but you have to. Okay, pick one. um, my favorite food is fried chicken and mashed potatoes. Oh, that's so easy. It's not that hard. Great. I know. I know. I know. It's wow. what I used to ask for every year on my birthday. My mom would make me whatever it was that I wanted. And I asked for fried chicken and mashed potatoes every birthday. That is so interesting coming <laughs> from San Francisco. Like I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's where I would expect to hear more of that. But okay, mm. good. So, so um, mashed potato, gravy or no gravy? Uh, I mean, I will always take gravy, but it's not necessary. <laughs> okay. It can be okay. Just the potatoes, please. All right. And then, um, so, and your, your best selling product based on the foodie Ooh. vibe there. Um, our best selling product based on the foodie vibe is probably our citrus poppy seeds bar soap. It kind mm-hmm. of looks like a citrus poppy or I guess a lemon poppy really is the typical lemon poppy seed muffin like it has that same it's beautiful yellow color and the poppy seeds and people always talk about how they want to take a bite out of it (laughs) which is I always tell them don't because it tastes awful but yeah don't it'll be gross it's yeah, I love that one too. <laughs> and I, I personally right now in my shower is the coffee one. Coffee Ooh, Ritual Roasters, I think it's yes. called. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a good one too. We have a lot of really good um, collaborations coming out. And I'm going to give it to every. We also have a brand new one. Ooh, that is supposed- yes. yes. Do I have a scoop? Do I get a scoop? You have a scoop. You have a, I have a scoop. scoop. Oh um, my gosh. What's we the scoop? Have a- the brand new one is we partnered with a small batch tahini and halva company out of New York City called Seed and Mill. They uh, mm-hmm. are located in Chelsea Market, if anybody is familiar with that. Mm-hmm. They make incredible organic tahini and this beautiful halva and all these fun flavors. And so we partnered with them and then we have a cardamom halva soap that's coming out gosh any this week maybe next week <laughs> we'll it see. has tahini in it, it has tahini it has in tahini it. in it so it's based off of a, a traditional um like middle eastern dessert kind of candy that involves halva it, oh, excuse me it's called halva it involves ground sesame sugar um egg oh. whites it's a delight Oh my gosh, we have to find this place on the internet. I'm going to drop the link in the show notes. Do it. And they ship 
anywhere. And let me tell you, their halva is ridiculous. So good. Oh my gosh. So good. No, see, now I'm hungry. Okay. I know. So sorry. What are, what are the, what are the, <laughs> I know it's every time I talk to you, this happens. So what are the essential, what's, what's the, what's the aroma of that particular soap? So that one, we used cardamom as the core um, aroma mm-hmm. in that soap because um, that happens to be probably one of my absolute favorites. And it also happened mm-hmm. to be one of uh, their top sellers. They do a beautiful plain cardamom and they also do a rose cardamom. Oh, um, halva. Oh I know. So, I, you know, and did. I, I we're going to, we're going to look at, I love the smell of cardamom as well. I love it. I love it. And I remember last time I went out to see the first thing we did was we went to go, to go eat. Like we, went somewhere. <laughs> we were like, okay, it's great to see all your stuff. Let's go eat now. So anyway, listen guys, if you are, curious about how the aromas of the foods you love and maybe even foods you've never tried before and spices and things like that can fit into a bath and body care line you have to experience this i think i've tried every single soap Um, (laughs) and when they come out like i like whenever i see your newsletters come in i'm like oh god Where's my wallet? (laughs) She's got something new. I know. And sometimes I hold off opening because I'm like, I can't do it this week. I just can't. (laughs) Because I know I'm I'm such a hopeless person when it comes to that. But anyway, listen. Etta and Billy, B-I-L-L-I-E.com on Instagram, Facebook, and online. Make sure you subscribe to the newsletter because, you know, you never know what surprises you might get. Mm -hmm. And from time to time, I will tell you, she does drop every now and then, only every now and then. You might get a little extra, but let me just tell you, Mm -hmm. whatever is there, it is always awesome. It is always delicious. And you will always, I'm not going out of the limb. You will always love it. If you don't, feel free to let me know. (laughs) (laughs) You will always love it. So. Alana, thank you so much. And you know, you do shows too. Tell us a couple of shows you do. So for people who love to go to them, they can put it on their calendar that you are usually there. Yeah, I try and do the Renegade in San Francisco. Um, The Renegade Craft Fair in San Francisco. I try and do the West Coast Craft in San Francisco. And then uh, we do the SF Made, which is actually happening this weekend um, on Sunday, the 15th. Oh gosh, is that the fit? It must be the 15th. <laughs> um, it's happening here in San Francisco on the 15th. It's the SF Made Holiday Fair. I love that one because it's all products made in San Francisco. Oh, That's it. How wonderful. Gosh. Yeah. Well, this show will air after that, but oh, you guys can always calendar it because you know next yeah. December will be here before there you, you go. Know it. Yes, yes. Thank you so much <laughs> for joining us, Alana at Etta and Billy. We look forward to, to following you and learning more and of course, trying your awesome products. And I'm looking forward to that uh, tahini soap too. Yeah. Thank you so All much, right. Maria. Okay. Take care now. <laughs> All bye. right. Bye. Well, I hope this episode of the Indie Business Podcast left you inspired, motivated, and excited about the future of your small business. Let's quickly review three of the most significant business insights Alana and I discussed today. First, parenthood changes things. Oh my goodness, do I know this. Alana and I talked about how challenging it is to be a parent and an entrepreneur at the same time. For those of you listening who are contemplating parenthood, Alana shared that being flexible is critical. She also mentioned how important it was for her to allow herself to grieve the life she had before a child 
was introduced into the situation. I think this is so wise. It may be hard for people who are not parents to fully understand the meaning behind that, especially since we're using the word grieve, but it's not a negative thing. It's really just reality. Your life and your business will change if you decide to become a parent. And you may need to take a moment and say goodbye to your old life in a meaningful way in order to facilitate a really good adjustment around your new lifestyle. Number two, acquiring help and studio space. Alana has moved from her home office and manufacturing studio to a small space and now has two spaces. She also has two full-time employees, two part-time employees, and a seasonal employee. This is a lot to manage, and Alana pointed out how getting help with her child is one of the chief things that has allowed her to integrate everything so well that all of her aspects come together in her life in a manageable way. And thirdly, growth on your own terms is just so important. I love how Alana shared honestly that for her, choosing parenting has also meant choosing a slower growth for her business. Not everyone will make a similar choice, but it is so freeing to know that you can choose what is right for you and not what other people think or say is right for you. A business does not have to be huge to be successful. Not only that, Alana and I discussed you can always change your mind and grow faster or more slowly. You are in the driver's seat. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with someone you know and help spread the word. This podcast is all about the revolution, the indie business revolution, where people are breaking the mold of traditional entrepreneurship and creating success on their own terms. I'm so excited to be on this journey with you. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, won't you do me the honor of rating this podcast? It helps me so much to know that you appreciate the amazing people and stories featured here on the Indie Business Podcast. You can also share episodes from my blog, at IndieBusinessNetwork.com to your favorite social media outlets. I will see you on the next episode of Indie Business Podcast. In the meantime, break all the rules, build your own corporate ladder, and create the life you love.